Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. I hope all is well with everyone in your respective homes or whether you're tuning in and listening in at a later time or day. We're going to go ahead and jump right in to the text. It is a longer one um, from Genesis 18 verses 1 through 15. I'm going to read from the NRSV version. And it reads, The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground he said my lord if i find favor with you do not pass by your servant let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant so they said do as you have said and abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where is your wife? Sarah. And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah, denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, oh yes, you did. We hear the voice of God in these words. Speed to God. Okay, well, I have to start by telling you all that one of my favorite things to do when preparing the sermon is to read the surrounding texts, mostly for the sake of context. But what we see in the surrounding context of Genesis 18 is a challenging text after Genesis 18 going into chapter 19 and even before 18 going into chapter 17 and forward before then. I won't go into the full details of each of these stories because I only have 
10 minutes, but needless to say, I am impressed by how Abraham responds to these travelers passing by, especially given that it is nestled in a storyline where the chapters before and after we see um, deeply the human experience. And I would say some of the negative aspects of our humanness in a lot of ways. In the following chapter, it's a story of Lot and his daughters in the town of Sodom to follow. And even prior to that, we hear of the unfair treatment in the story of Hagar and Ishmael um, coming from the family of Sarah and Abraham. But in this story, in Genesis 18, we see an overwhelming amount of hospitality on Abraham's side. Abraham takes it upon himself to be of service in such an embodied way. It becomes a communal effort to welcome these three travelers. It's almost as if he is waiting on them or he has an eager prompting to be hospitable when they arrive. He kind of pulls out all the stops to have a meal prepared and make sure they're well rested before they continue on their journey. It has me honestly thinking of the times where I've been on the receiving end of hospitality or those memorable moments where hospitality, hospitality was lacking, but also being mindful of the times that hospitality is cultivated. And it makes me think of peace, even with these watch parties happening now we are in each other's homes. We are welcoming each other to be and be present in each other's spaces. Truly welcoming in and gathering alongside one another. And I also see it with the community care from the deacons or how I've witnessed Aurelia and folks within our community care for each other so well. I can't help but think of the ways I've seen this in my own family and in our sermon series as we continue it called Rooted, Faith Ancestors, Their Stories, and Ours. In my own family, I think about my maternal grandmother who has passed several years ago, but even in the duration of time when she was living, um, clearly my, my aunts and uncles and mother um, would have more stories of what it was like living and growing up with their mother. Um, so they describe my grandmother as often being the one who would care for folks within the family who needed assistance. And even the folks who likely would not be considered kind-hearted. She still was a caregiver to those who needed it. And I often think about my dad's side of the family who, of which he grew up in a very small historically black town 
where my dad and the family lived on acres of land in which they cultivated fruit trees and vegetables and livestock that they kept. There they would be able to create an ecosystem among themselves and the surrounding community in the 50s and 60s throughout my dad's youth where they could care for each other when it didn't often look like the world around them cared enough or at all. These examples are such an embodied way to be nourished and care for the folks around you. And funny enough, another thing that stands out to me from the text today is a lack of embodiment in embracing pleasure and new life. First, we see it in the chapter before where Abraham laughs when God tells him Sarah will have a child. And now we see it from Sarah. Even if you're like me, and grew up in a faith context where folks put most of the blame on Sarah for laughing more than Abraham, if they even talk about Abraham laughing at all. Not only is there a denial that they could have a child, but Sarah's first response is a denial of even having pleasure in old age, as if enjoyment in life also dwindles as you get older. So if you, if you know me well, um, I've been cultivating a space of continued play and pleasure for myself in the last couple of years. It's been my resistance to a culture that is disconnected from being in the moment or lives in this perpetual cycle of producing or overworking ourselves. It started with me naming the ways I simply want to have fun in a meaningful and mutually beneficial way, or asking myself, how can I make healing and interpersonal work enjoyable? It is my goal to live a more easeful, authentic, and playful life, even if that means being in contention or living in a countercultural way to access it. And of course, with Juneteenth around the corner, I think of the ancestors that have come before me that would be overjoyed to have me tap into that, that sense of ease, joy, and play then exist in a way that does not cultivate life within me. And so I believe it is for all of us. Recently, I saw a quote from the Nap Ministry that I wanna share with you all. If you haven't heard of the Nap Ministry or you don't follow them, I suggest that you all look it up. While this quote shares more about the experience of black bodies in America, there's a valuable takeaway for all of us as we take a look at the society we've come from and embody greater freedom. This quote is from Trisha Hersey in her book, Rest is Resistance, a Manifesto. For Black people who are descendants of enslaved Africans via the transatlantic slave trade and chattel slavery, 
Consider the fact that your ancestors built this entire nation for free with their stolen labor. Use this knowledge to tap into what they have already done so you don't have to grind yourself into oblivion now. Your ancestors want to make space for your ease and rest. You must stop long enough to receive this insight in your dreams and downloads, I believe, in the portal of resting. There are answers waiting for us there. End quote. Well, this quote from Rest is Resistance may resonate for us in different ways, it gives us all a way to tap into freedom and make sure we're continuing to create and instill it in others. So as we continue on this morning, I wish you all well in the conversations that we will have and the questions that we will answer in the continued community that we cultivate and create with one another. Much love and many blessings to you all.